Well, good evening. Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta. Uh, I'm in Mira, Alberta. I'm at home in my office. I actually moved across the hallway over the last couple of days. I have a friend coming to stay with me from Columbia. So I had to make him up a room, and that was the one that he gets. Because it's the furthest away from mine. And I don't want to hear him sleeping. So, uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Yay! Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Some people are doing great, some people are not doing so great, and that is life, is it not? Um, the last few years have been a roller coaster, to say the least. Three years ago, if you would have told me that I would be sitting in my office, uh, actually, with this fantastic computer, check this thing out. Look at this thing. Oh, it's the wrong side. Anyway, the thing's awesome. It'll render a video in like fast. I gotta fix this. Anyway, if anyone would have said I'd be sitting in my office with a microphone streaming to, well, it used to be thousands of people. Now it's hundreds of people. And talking about life and politics and all sorts of that stuff, I would have told you you were crazy and probably asked you for some of whatever it was you were smoking. It's true. Never thought I'd be in this situation. As a matter of fact, I never thought I'd own a restaurant. But life has a way of kind of making you uh, live out the plan as it was written millennia ago. So here I am. And thank you for joining me. The funny thing with kind of being in the public eye and sharing opinions and trying to make some sort of a difference and make some sense at all out of life is not everybody agrees with you. They never will, and that's fine. But we've seen some really interesting things happen. And it's not like anything really is new, but it's just, it's really come out, it's really come to the forefront. Things have been, there's a, there's a light that's been shining in dark places. One of those dark places, and we had this conversation at my cafe this, this evening before I left. In the past, we've dis had people we disagree with, and we'll sit in the coffee shop and talk to them about it. Maybe get a little bit heated, but at the end of the day, we enjoy our coffee and we go our separate ways, and then we meet again the next day and we have the same discussions or a different one or whatever. And all is fine. But it's different now. There are people that disagree with me about many things. Um, that's okay. We remain friends. And uh, we have conversations over coffee and things like that. But there's another group that's come out. There are people that disagree with me or you know, even people that support me to the point where they wish us dead. It's really weird even to say those words. There are people out there that literally hope that I die and you die. Maybe simply because you have a Canadian flag or an Alberta flag on your vehicle. Maybe it's because you're so bold as to have a decal on your car that says you're a proud member of a fringe minority. It's a majority. Maybe they say that because you call yourself a conservative and they think that conservatives are the root of all evil. But they actually want us to die. And I've always known that people like that existed, these psychopaths that don't value human life. I've always known that. But for it to be that blatant, that close to me, that directed at me, that's something totally different. And it's one of the reasons why I kind of went off the air for a little bit and was a bit depressed. I, when Carrie and I got in our accident and people were saying, oh, it's too bad they didn't die, it really struck me. This fight that we're in, it's not about NDP or, or conservative or UCP or, or independence party. It's not about right wing or left wing. It's not about... Um, It's not about any of those things. It's about, do we value human life or do we not? 
those that are against me on almost every subject, uh, except for my marketing skills, because people seem to like my marketing skills and they copy them all the time. It's flattering. They don't value human life and they want policies like um, total government control, reduce the, the Earth's population, less farms, less human impact, use less energy, punish people for existing, don't eat meat, expose our children to sexualized shows before they're even before they even hit puberty kill babies that's a touchy subject isn't it they celebrate these things they celebrate these anti-human ideas that are infiltrating every level of government and even organizations outside of government that's how it's happening by the way these things aren't coming because of our government thinking that the people wanted the municipal bylaws they're trying to push around Alberta. Has anybody wondered why they're all so similar? Why the wording's all so similar? Why the ideas are so similar? Do you really think it's because the municipal governments are in this province polled their constituents and asked them what they want? No, it's not. I think they probably really believe that most people are concerned about climate change and they need to do whatever they can to reach net zero at all costs. I think that some municipal uh, government elected officials actually believe that. And so what happens? Do they talk to people and say, hey, how are we going to deal with it, with this in town halls and stuff? No. What happens is organizations from outside government, uh, they, they present ideas to the government. Those meetings they have in Switzerland, these ideas are always talked about there, stuff like this. And the, and the municipal government say, hey, you know what? These guys, they have a really good plan. This World Economic Forum, they have a really good plan to, to help us implement the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals for our own good and for our own safety. And so they say, yeah, we're going to do this because it's fashionable. Look, they're doing it in Europe. And then we end up with cookie cutter um solutions to problems implemented over all sorts of different regions in a province or a country without any explanation. But that's the explanation. It's because this isn't regional ideas on how to solve our problems and work together to do it. It's outside influences telling us we must do these things at all costs. Next thing you know, municipal governments are trying to claw back more power than they ever should have. And all the government is doing that. But they keep doing it because we let them. We let them get away with it. We bitch and moan about taxes and equalization and, oh, we got a, we got a ticket for having my lawn more than four inches, but we don't do anything about it, do we? I haven't. Lots of you haven't. Very few do. Very few want to be engaged in politics because what do we say? I don't want to have anything to do with politics. Politics doesn't affect my life. Well, as we've found, it affects every aspect of our life. I actually, um, I decided not to continue pursuing oil field work because I was sick of government policy causing these crazy up and down swings in my, in my career. It sucked. You know, for a few years, I'd be doing really, really good, making good money, new vehicles all the time, going on vacation. Next thing you know, I'm losing things eating Ichiban and, and, you know, borrowing money to buy a loaf of bread. That's kind of oil field work. Well, unless you're really, really good with your money, which most oil field workers probably are not quite as good as they should be. I wasn't. So I thought, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, I'll have this restaurant gas station. This would be awesome. I'll be more involved in the community. The government won't be involved in my business. I'll be left alone, autonomous to manage my own affairs and chart my own course forward. Isn't it funny how things work out? If I had stayed in the oil patch, I probably would have been not in front of you on this live stream right now. Um, I probably would have been in a position where I had to uh, do something to my body that I didn't want to do to maintain my standard of living. 
How many of you have done that? Probably more than would like to be mentioned. I feel bad for a lot of people that have been forced to do that or or made the choice of their own free will. Uh, met a man who made that choice to travel. And uh, 2020, he had a clean bill of health. No problems. 20, the end of 2021 or 20, 2022, I can't remember. Maybe got the years wrong. Anyway, within an eight-month span, he had stage four prostate cancer. Weird coincidence. Who knows? We should probably find out. But hey, we can't talk about it because the science is settled, right? Anyway, I'm a little bit off topic. So people want us to die. That's where we're at. We either believe in the sanctity of human life and we want to do things that pursue human flourishing, human prosperity, or we don't. Or we believe that humans are a virus on the planet and they should be eliminated so we can reach net zero at all costs. Because I'm sorry to tell you, with renewables the way they are right now, we cannot replace our carbon-based energy that we use. Uh, there's nothing that even comes close to it except for nuclear. And we're not going to replace it anytime soon. So the only way to reduce our carbon dioxide output, um, and we said this before when, when Mr. Stephen Harper signed on to all this stuff in 2008 and again in 20, 2016, or 2015, is to reduce human impact because we have to stop using oil and gas completely. We can't farm anymore. And the transport industry has to be completely shut down. Those are the things that have to stop to reach net zero. At least really reach net zero. And I'll explain what I mean in a moment. But what needs to be done is not necessarily reduce our impact on climate, but reduce human impact. And the only way to do that is by reducing humans. So... The other side of this, um, the folks that are doing this, that are implementing these policies or celebrating them or advocating for them, these anti-human climate agenda, these this, this ideological blunder, this mistake, the people that are advocating it for it benefit tremendously from it. They realize that this whole idea of net zero, it's a farce. If you have enough money, you can be virtuous and be net zero, or you could call yourself a carbon a carbon messiah, a carbon savior, a carbon sponge. You're so virtuous, you're buying carbon credits from poor people. So you're better than net zero. You're below zero for carbon output. And you get rich by doing it. And the poor people get poorer and their quality of life gets worse and worse and worse until they die. But the rich are more virtuous and richer. Earlier on in this uh, live stream, somebody meant, made a comment saying, don't worry, Daniel Smith will save you. Daniel Smith will not save you. Arch Archer Pulowski will not save you. Rachel Notley will not save you. Pierre Polivier won't save you. Justin Trudeau won't save you. This whole idea that a politician of any stripe is going to save us is, it, it, it's completely unrealistic. We've relied on politicians to save us for 150 years in this country. And they won't. They can't. We can do it. We can save ourselves by standing up for the right things, by saying enough is enough, by saying no government, you, you cannot do that to me. We don't agree. You are our servants. Now serve us. We could do that. But we don't. And it's so weird. It's so strange to me. Why don't we do that? Well, I think maybe there's a few different reasons. Um, one could be, we don't think that we have the power to do it. Uh, another could be, we're worried what our neighbors will think. Another could be, well, what does that mean for my future? And how is it going to affect me financially? Maybe I should just go along to get along. And there's all sorts of reasons why people don't stand up and do the right thing. 
Mostly it's because of fear. And I would say a very close second is greed. Does anybody disagree with that statement? If you do, just pop up your ideas there. Why, why you think people don't get involved? What is it that prevents people from standing up for themselves? So on the topic of standing up for yourselves, as many of you may know, uh, I stood up for myself, my family, and my business, and also my friends and my customers, by the way, and other restaurants. Back in January 2021, the government had had their fingers in our business for a year. They were destroying lives. They were hurting people. They were hurting business. Businesses were folding all over the place. And you know what? You can take your, oh, you can do takeout and skip the dishes and you can shove it up your ass because that doesn't work for the majority of businesses. I hope that wasn't too offensive for you. Believe me, there's much more offensive things coming. Anyway, I stood up for myself and I said, no, I'm not going to allow you to do this to me, government, my servants. I'm not going to allow you to destroy my business, destroy my life. It's not happening. I'm going to stand up for me and my family and for those around me. And actually, it became a lot more. And you, my family will tell you this. It became more about the people around you, around me than even my family once people started sharing their stories. How many stories are being shared with our politicians who aren't standing up? You know, people think that I'm, uh, I heard something interesting today. Did you know that I signed a deal and got a million dollars from the UCP government to support them? Right. A million dollars, but I don't have it anymore. You see this haircut? It's a million dollar haircut. That's where the money went. The million dollars that I got from the UCP went to this haircut and worth every penny. Don't be ridiculous. I do not receive any money from any political party. The only money that I've ever received is from individuals who appreciate the work that I've been trying to do to raise awareness for things that we need to fix. That's it. No organizations, no political parties, um, nothing like that. But apparently that rumor is going around that uh, I've got all this money. It for For those of you who are saying that, Please tell me where it is because I really, really need it. And for those of you who are wondering, wondering why people would say something like this, I'm going to give you some advice. If you're approached by somebody and they make bold-faced lie claims about me or Archer Pulowski or Daniel Smith or anyone else for that matter, and they're so blatantly bonkers of claims that you know them to be untrue or they have no evidence and they continue to, to, to spread these things, call them out. If you know that they're doing this so that you change who you support politically, run from that organization. If people in the UCP are doing that, they're slinging mud and, and lying about people to try and get your, your support, don't support them. They don't deserve it. Any candidate or political party or their operatives who needs to lie in order to get you to support them is not only not worth your support, it's extremely dangerous. And yes, I know a lot of you are probably saying right now, well, what about this? What about that? Daniel Smith said this. Daniel Smith said that. Dennis Modry said this. Archie Pulowski said that. Well, hold them to what they said. But before you do, know what they said in the first place. One of the number one things that people say to me, they approach me and they say, Chris, how could you, how could you uh, support the, the current government? They said they were going to wipe all your fines and stuff away and they haven't done it. Well, first of all, they never said that. Both Daniel Smith and Todd Lowen said that they were going to look into a way of getting rid of all the COVID charges. They never said they were going to do it. That'd be a stupid thing to say because they know that they don't know if they can do it. And what I've heard now is the only way to deal with my charges and arts charges and anyone else who had COVID stuff come up is to allow it go through the courts. Ah, Chris, but 
couldn't the government just pass a bill that wiped all that stuff away? Of course they could. They, well, they probably could. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't really have any experience in government except for bitching about them. But let's let's paint a picture here. The government says, okay, we're going to pass a bill that says um, it's illegal to prosecute somebody for standing up for their civil rights. Just for instance, I don't know what it would look like. Anyway, so they passed this law, uh, me and uh, Art Pulowski and, and a whole bunch of other people, we have all our stuff dropped, thrown out of court. Well, at this point, there's a really good portion of the province whose heads would explode. Um, a very small fringe minority would explode even more because they want us dead. But I think it would really be detrimental to any government having a chance of continuing to be the government. And not only that, but the next government would just repeal the bill. What you have to understand, and this goes right back to the Bill of Rights, any law that can be changed in either Parliament or the Legislative Assembly, it's only as good as the government in power because they can change those laws. If the federal government wanted to, they could change the Bill of Rights. It's a, statu it's a statute law. It's not enshrined in the Constitution like our, our Charter Rights and Freedoms is. So if the law can be changed by one government, it can be changed by the next. And did you really get anywhere? No, you didn't. We need some real solutions, some real progress here. And yes, for those of you screaming at your screen, I do know what the solution is. And it's not an easy one. Our rights and freedoms in this country are only as good as the courts who uphold them. There's two paths. Sorry, I, I'm going to back that up a bit. There are two paths to attaining the rights and freedoms that you have, that your country or province acknowledges you have on paper through a constitution or a bill of rights or charter rights and freedoms or whatever. There's two ways of doing it. The first one is violence. And this has happened in the past in many places all over the world. People say, no, we are free. We're human beings and we will not be tyrannized. And they fight and they fight and they die. And then more fight and they die and there's blood. And eventually they win or they lose. But if they win, they get their rights and freedoms. The second path and the one that I advocate for is peaceful. It's by using the laws and the structures that we already have that are not bad in the first place. It's people who pervert them um, that are bad. But the structure we have, the laws we have to protect us are not bad. The charter rights and freedoms that we have is not bad. It's just not being upheld. So it has to go through the courts. My stuff has to go through the courts. And here's the problem. A restaurateur like me, the government sticks their fingers in my business. They collude against me. They act in partnership. The three, the three levels of government, the three, the three government, um, oh my goodness, the trifecta of government, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, they actually work in partnership to destroy me instead of maintain their separation of powers to protect me. I have to go to court and say, hey, the government and, well, and the courts, and AHS and RCMP, they've actually worked together to harm me and they work for me. This isn't allowed, court, Mr. Judge. You need to, you need, I need some remedy here. I've been harmed by the government. Well, the government, they open up their wallet and they hire every lawyer. Find out how many lawyers the Canadian government hired over the last three years, how many law firms they put on retainer so that you couldn't use them. There's a lot. Anyway, so we do our taxes. We are doing our taxes right now. We send the government a bunch of money. They turn around, they use that money to hire lawyers to fight us in court. And they have an unlimited supply. It's rumored, I don't know the number for sure, but it's rumored that Alberta Health Services has spent over $200,000 fighting me in court to prove that I am guilty of a offense that has a, $2,000 fine. Your money 
and my money, $200,000. Seems like a lot of money, right? How much money do you think they, they've, they've spent fighting Archer Pulowski over the last 15 years? A million? Two million? It's unlimited. They can do whatever they want. They have all of the resources behind them to fight us in court. So a little guy like me, we say, well, what do we do? Oh, you just have to hire a lawyer, Chris, and go to court. Okay, well, how much is the lawyer? Well, it'll be a $10,000 retainer, and then probably it's going to cost you $150,000, $300,000. Oh. So in order for me to stand up for myself and to stand up for the rights and freedoms that I already have that the government has infringed on, I have to bankrupt myself and take years out of my life trying to prove that I have those rights in the first place. Meanwhile, the government continues to collect our money and fund the fight against me. Really? Wow. So you mean men could actually be sitting in court for 390 some odd day or in court, pardon me, in jail, in remand, 390 plus days right now, not having had a trial, lives are destroyed, businesses destroyed, bankrupted, lost homes, lost their children, had family members die. Men are sitting in jail right now, waiting for the courts to decide if the evidence, if there's any at all, that the RCMP have against them justifies them being in jail. Their lives are already destroyed. Their freedom is already gone. They're already serving a punishment. They've served a, a greater punishment than any of us have. I'm talking about the guys from Coots who are sitting in jail. Denied bail, denied an ability to support themselves or their family and having their lives shredded before they're even in court. I'll remind you all, they're still innocent, but their lives are destroyed. That's what happens. That's a serious problem. But I know that that's the only path to get through this. So when the government came to me and they said, uh, you know, pay us this little pittance, plead guilty, and it just all goes away. Won't have to go to court. Well, I thought about that for a moment. And I thought about all of the people who uh, donated to fight the fines through the Democracy Fund um, for, the, for the Civil Liberties campaign that Rebel News did. Thank you, Rebel News. I think about all those people that sent $5 or $5,000 or $500 or whatever to the Democracy Fund so that the Democracy Fund could help people like me stand up for my civil liberties because I couldn't do it on my own. There's no way I could do it on my own. And then I think about what the Premier said about wanting to make it so that these things couldn't happen again. And I know that's the only way to do it. The courts are really, they're our last bastion of hope when it comes to our rights and freedoms. You can say all you want to a police officer, I have the right to protest, you can't arrest me. It doesn't matter what you say, they will arrest you. And then the onus is on the court to decide if you're guilty. That's how it works. And again, it's not a bad system, but it's been made bad by those who are abusing it. See where I'm going with this? So many people out there, you know, they're, they're spreading these stupid, ridiculous, vile rumors about me and other people because they don't agree with our politics or what, our, what the solution is. And in the end, all we're really doing is taking each other's legs out from underneath us. I saw something about a tribunal for government employees or something today. We're going to have this tribunal and we're going to find them all guilty. No, no, you're not. I'm sorry, but it doesn't work like that. Nobody's coming to save you. You just got to stand up for yourself. Anyway, uh, I'm going to look at a few comments. And there was something else I wanted to talk about tonight. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come to me.
yes, Kerry is busy tonight, so he can't be on. So I'm actually sitting in my office in the in the Sky Palace. Yes, that's my office. Sky Palace office behind me. Here, I'll show you. Yeah, see, I'm sitting there. I actually rented it for the evening with the million dollars that I got from the UCP. <laughs> oh, Kerry commented. Chris, what do you think about a municipal police force? Nope. Sorry. Nope. Mafia. Not interested. Provincial police force upholding a provincial constitution that puts the people first. So the government or the municipality has the onus on them to prove in court that it's necessary before they do anything to us. That's what I want to see. Do you know why the United States has a militia? Because the founding fathers realized that we needed to be able to protect ourselves from government. In this country, we don't have that. We don't have any kind of luxury like a militia. Um, we are only able to use the courts for that kind of thing. But that would change with a, with a provincial police force that upheld our individual rights and freedoms first and put us ahead of the government where we belong, wouldn't it? Then, if AHS came to your business with a chain and tried to put it on your door, you could phone the police and you could say, hey, uh, you need to come and help me because these guys are trying to take my property. And none of this has gone through court. They haven't proven it necessary to do so. So you need to arrest them. And then the government would have to prove it. You see, it would be the other way around. That's what we need. Demanding somebody to resign isn't going to work. We demanded Kenny to resign for how long? No, nope, didn't work until he probably got a stern talking to from someone uh, with a lot of money. And they told him to resign. Demanding that Trudeau resign is not going to do anything. As a matter of fact, I don't worry too much about the federal scene right now. Because it doesn't matter. We've been doing this for 50 years in this province thinking that we're going to make a difference on a federal level. We never do. And then we're always so upset and surprised when we don't. Oh, Stephen Harper was a Western uh, Western prime minister. who's so good. He's going to be good for the West. No, no, he wasn't. Oh, Brian Mulroney, he's going to be good for the West because he's drunk. No, he's not. It's not ever going to be like that. Well, just support Maverick. And that'll fix everything. No, it won't because they can't win in the East. Well, what about PPC? No, I'm sorry. That's not going to fix it either. Even Pierre Polliver. I like the guy. He wears glasses. I mean, wow. But he can't he can't fix the things that need to be fixed and be be government in this country. This has been shown dozens of times. I don't know why people feel like it's uh, you know something different is going to happen here, but but uh, anyway, yeah. So I don't really worry too much about that. Never thought I'd say it, but time to flee Canada. Wow, that's an interesting comment, and I completely understand that. I've felt that way myself. I look at pictures of when I was working in the jungle, and I think, man, if I got to live somewhere and be tyrannized, at least I should go be tyrannized where it's warm and I don't have to freeze to death. Here's the problem. Over the years, uh, Canada has been the place people fled to all, all, the, all over the world. People come to Canada because they want to be free. Canada is the bastion of freedom in the civilized world. Or was. Where will you go if you flee Canada? You're going to go to Mexico? Well, great. Go, go to Mexico. But what happens here is happening in other places. It's happening in Mexico. It's happening in Belize. It's happening in South America. There is nowhere to flee. You can't flee. This isn't like, oh, we're going to flee Ukraine. Or I guess that's a bad example. We're going to flee Poland because they're under the Iron Curtain. Now, this is years ago. We're going to go to Canada where we can be free. Uh we don't have a Canada to go to. We're in it already. And if we lose it, what's left? I don't think, I don't think the people that 
that harp on me for believing in an independent Alberta, I don't think they understand what's at stake here. If Canada falls to this anti-human, dare I say, communist agenda, there is nowhere left to free, flee. I see Alberta as having a duty, a responsibility to stand up and be the ones that say no. So that the rest of Canada has an example. You want to save Canada? You stand up and use your voice and say enough is enough. And you give the other provinces the balls to do so. Trust me, it only takes one person to do that. One province to do that. And if we do, when we do, we set the example. And we could be... We could be... the encouragement people need to save themselves. Do you understand that? Do you understand how important that is? This whole, oh, separation is not an option. We could never do that. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but sometimes it's the only option. If the boat is going over a cliff, no, boats don't go over cliffs. Trains go over cliffs. Let's use a canoe. If the canoe is going over the waterfall and you know it, do you stay on the canoe just because you're comfortable there? Or do you get off and go to shore where you know that you can be prosperous? I say it's time to swim for shore. We can hear the falls. They're right up ahead. And we have a duty to do something to show everyone around us how to prevent going over them. Guck separation i had to do it i got to make fun of spelling errors even and you're free to make fun of spelling errors on me too i don't i don't really mind if we don't stand together we fail unity we just need to be unified unity is what we need right what are we unifying around is there some truth that we're unifying around is there something that we're standing up for together as one? Or is it just a buzzword that people are using because other people want to hear it? Unity is meaningless unless it's around truth. And the truth is, <laughs> the truth is, I don't want to be united with those that want to own nothing and be happy. I don't want to be united with those who don't believe in the sanctity of human life. I don't want to stand with the crowd that wants to go over the waterfall. That's not, uh, we, could be un, we could be unified with that. It's not going to do us any good. We are stronger together, for sure. But what happens when a strong group of people who are working together allows people in who want to destroy it? It gets destroyed from the inside out, which is what we're seeing in this country. The country was stronger together. The confederation is stronger together. This confederation of provinces is stronger together than if we were on, on our own. Sure. Until we all start going over the waterfall together. And then someone has to say, hey, this isn't what we want to unify around. We need to unify around something else. And, and you know what? If Alberta did this, if Alberta had a referendum and said, hey, we're not going to go here with you, federal government. So back off or we're leaving. They would probably back off and they'd probably back off from the other provinces too. And we could probably unify around the idea that confederation is less important than flourishing as humans. Just my opinion. Oh, I like this. I like this comment. Thank you, Shirley. I feel that separation will be inevitable if Smith is not successful in standing up to Ottawa and seeking autonomy for a province to stop Ottawa's attack on Alberta. Very good comment. One of the reasons why I support the Alberta Sovereignty Act and Daniel Smith and the UCP's plan for, what do they call it? Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, Alberta sovereignty within a united Canada. Because ideally, that's what I would like to see. However, I'm 
maybe I'm just pessimistic, maybe I'm a realist, but I'm aware that historically speaking, the federal government has never and will never respect Alberta's sovereign jurisdiction in any, any area. I mean, just recently they tried to buy, they tried to bribe our jurisdiction in administering healthcare. We'll give you billions of dollars if you implement a federal health ID and share your people's health information with the federal government. It's a good deal, right? Yeah, just give up your sovereignty for some money. How many pieces of silver? 30? Yeah. I don't think that the Sovereignty Act is going to be successful. I think what it will be successful in doing is showing Albertans that the federal government's not going to back off and they're going to continue to say things like, like, uh, we have to interfere in your sovereign jurisdiction. We have to take away your rights because climate change. Do you remember when Jason Kenney uh, brought a reference case before the Supreme Court of, of Canada regarding the carbon tax? And he said, this is unconstitutional. You can't do this to us. This is our wheelhouse. Get out. And the Supreme, you know what the Supreme Court said? They said, because neither party disputes the facts on climate change. That's key here. Neither party disputed the facts on climate change. We rule that the carbon tax is constitutional because climate change. And you're going to see that more and more. Um, so anyway, yeah, you're right, Shirley. It, it is inevitable. But only if we stand up and get our act together and, uh, and do it. Which is why... I'm still with the APP because I don't think enough Albertans are educated as to the necessity or the rationale behind independence. Uh, Daniel and other provinces said no. Yes, they did say no. And I think we're still getting the funding because it's our money anyway. I'm just going through some comments here. <laughs> Take the easy way out, coward. Whatevs. You think that's the easy way? You think it's easy to stand up and be alone in a sea of people like you? That's not the easy way. Lots of people saying they want to get out of Ontario. As a matter of fact, there was a couple coming to the restaurant. They stopped in. They had just moved out here because Alberta was so free compared to Ontario. I think we should keep it that way. The WEF wants Canada. The United Nations wants Canada. That's who wants Canada. Alberta medical system has been digital for a couple of years. Question is what they do with our infrastructure. Interesting question. The federal government is actually responsible for the infrastructure and the provincial government is responsible for administration of healthcare. So that's kind of a good, a good point. Oh, Michael, just piss off. You have no solutions. You're just like, your ignorance is astounding. Actually, just keep it up. Continue. That's fine. Smart cities, digital IDs, I feel we've already sold out. Ah, digital ID. That's something I wanted to talk about. So there's been a lot of buzz about the Alberta digital ID. Um, we've had it for, I thought we'd had it for about 10 years, but I think maybe I was in error there. We've only had it for four or five years. But anyway, the Alberta digital ID is, the Alberta digital ID that I'm referring to right now is, Similar to, but not exactly like, a Netflix login or a web banking or all sorts of digital IDs that we already have. You know how we have a digital login and we can go do things in our bank or we can go and uh, do insurance stuff, digital things. We, have a, we live in a digital world. So the province has implemented an Alberta digital ID to streamline services offered by the province. Registries, healthcare, uh, those types of things. It's really important to know what we're fighting. 
do we do we actually want to fight digitized administration of provincial services? Probably not. It's extremely convenient. It reduces cost. It reduces time. It's good for us. What we need to fight is the digital IDs that could, are coming, that are able to be linked to an environmental social governance score. Governance? Guidance? What's the G stand for again? Anyway, that's what's that's what we need to be fighting. We don't need to be running around in circles talking about the Alberta government administering services digitally. Come on. It's not even on the radar. It's not even something to be concerned about yet. Maybe we should be concerned about making sure that those things can't be shut off if the government doesn't like what we're doing. Maybe we should be concerned about uh, fixing the judicial system so that we can prevent these things from happening because that's our last bastion of hope, right? If the government says, hey, we're going to shut your digital ID off, Chris, because you won't stop pouring coffee. Well, should I not be able to go to the court and say, hey, I need an injunction against the government. They're trying to shut my ID off because they don't agree with me. And they haven't proven in court of law that they should do it yet. Maybe that's what we should be focused on because we are in a digital world. You're watching me digitally right now. You probably logged into Facebook with a digital ID, right? <coughs> Lots of people don't agree with me on that. Same thing with 15-minute cities. 15-minute city, great idea. Everything's within 15 minutes. You don't have to drive far. You can be comfortable. You know that everything you need is around you until there's actually districts made and there's cameras watching you. And all of a sudden, the Supreme Court says, oh, you know what? We actually can make you stay in your district because climate change. Your mobility rights don't matter anymore because climate change. That's what's scary. So maybe we should be focused on preventing that. And how would we prevent a federal government telling us that we can't have mobility rights? Maybe we could stand up to the federal government and say, if you guys want to go this direction, we're not going with you because we believe in the sanctity of human life. Maybe. Just an idea. Where did he go? Oh, my friend Deb says, Danielle was here in our town last week. $500 a plate for supper. She stayed 15 minutes with four bodyguards and took her meal to go. And if you wanted a pick with her, it was 300 bucks. Interesting. I wonder if I can get a pick with the premier. I could be a bodyguard. I'd be a good bodyguard. No, I wouldn't. Uh, you are exactly right about the education factor. I've been totally gobsmacked with the number of people who don't, do not know what a CA is. Yeah, and I'm totally gobsmacked with people saying, oh, you coward, separation isn't the answer, when they have no idea what they're talking about at all. They probably don't even know the difference between an MLA and an MP. They probably have no idea how we choose people to run an election. They have no solutions, no answers. But they can sure chirp at people who are offering solutions. Logical, reasonable, well-thought-out solutions. But I digress. The government is all bought off by the WF all sides. No, they are not. They are not bought off. They're influenced. This is the way it works. These groups like Tides and Greenpeace and a bazillion other ones, I think there's like five, over 5,000 non-governmental organizations working within Canada. They're funded from, from corporations or, or maybe even foreign governments that have an interest in changing the way Canada is. These groups come in and they work from the inside out to change the way people think. They change... People from thinking, hey, we should be happy that we have this natural gas and, and energy and stuff like that, to thinking, oh, we must stop using natural gas at all costs, even though we live in a country with a mean average temperature of 15 degrees. 
they, they've literally created the parade that the governments are getting in front of. So the governments, I don't think the majority of them are not doing this because they're corrupt or evil or whatever. They're doing this because they think it's what's going to get them elected. They're doing this because these NGOs have created the parade in this country and in this province, and they think that they have to pursue these ideas. That's why they do it. Of course, probably some are bought off, some are super corrupt, but the majority are not. They're just going along to get along or doing what they feel is fashionable. Uh, oh my goodness, it's 10, 11, and I think it's my bedtime. I can tell because I, I look like a pumpkin. Oh, here's a good one. Oh, I can't read this. This guy's a nut job. I know who that is. That's not his real name. It's a fake name. Who's the coward now? We need to use cash, sure, till there's no cash anymore. Then what? Maybe we need to make sure that we have protections that the government can't turn off digital currency when it comes. <sighs> Dumping baby for there's so many. There's so many issues today. So much going on. So much to talk about. So much to fix. Don't even know where to start. Oh, actually I do. Brian John Howard says, there is no human caused climate change. I get where you're going with that. But I am going to disagree a little bit. I do believe that humans have a, an impact on the planet. Of course they do. But I also believe that the impact we have is probably good. I mean, we're really good at mastering our environment and mastering the climate and making unfarmable areas farmable, at making unlivable areas livable. We're really, really good at that. We do a really good job. So there probably is some change. Maybe... We already cool the earth by making vapor trails accidentally. Maybe we geoengineer the climate uh, through our own uh, pursuit of prosperity inadvertently. I don't know. We should probably find out for sure, but whatevs. Oh, I like this. It's too long. Or is it too long? I think I can I put it up. Okay. Chris, you're wrong on one account that you have the only path forward. Many bees will move a bear. And the stings need to come from multiple directions. We need to have more than just the APP. Multiple directions like the Independence Party as well. If we fight amongst ourselves, we lose. A referendum on independence is a great path forward. But instead of fighting for supporters, we should unite in understanding that multiple groups on the same path will win. I agree 100%. <clears throat> I'm not saying that uh, I don't support what the Independence Party is doing. What I'm saying is more important than what they're doing, which is trying to win people over to government or to, 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 to help them form a government, people need to understand why they should support a party that believes in a referendum on independence. The, the political party's job is to win people's hearts and their minds and get them to tick their name on the ballot box. An educational society's job is to prepare people's hearts and minds so they know what they're doing when they go to vote. That's what this is all about. There's a lot of people who are really upset that the APP isn't aligned or 
encouraging people to vote for a particular party. That's not their job. Their job is to get people to understand why this referendum is important. Can we get a referendum with an independence-minded party? Of course we can. Can we get a referendum on the table with the current government? Of course we can. We can do it either way. So I guess if one organization is doing the work on education so that people know why they need to support the idea of independence and the, the political party is doing their job of actually winning people's hearts and minds by speaking truth, then yeah, that is a good match. However, that's not what we're seeing. And it's extremely unfortunate. But that'll be another talk later on because it's past my bedtime. Good point. You won't be driving. You'll be walking or riding your bike or driving your electric car that won't start when it's 35 below. <laughs> that costs seventy to $90,000. Yeah, don't worry though. You'll be able to afford it because you know you'll be getting universal basic income. Has anybody found the million dollars yet? Because I really need it. I have a sign to pay for. And it was really expensive. Whatever happened to Ralph Ambrose or the other way around? Ambrose Ralph. I believe he ran for the Maverick Party. I haven't seen him anywhere, actually. And... Why are... David, why are you using the F-bomb? Why would, why would you tell me to go do that to myself? It's not very nice. Not nice at all. And not nearly as fun as what I'm going to do. I'm just jealous. So who the heck do we vote for? They're all crooks. Alice? There, there, and there. Sorry, I, I'm an asshole. Um, I'll tell you who we vote for. You carefully consider the candidate that's running in your area, candidates, and you choose the one who you believe will represent you the best in the legislature that's most closely aligned with your values and your morals. And you support them. Whether it's the Independence Party, I see you have an Independence Party <clears throat> Facebook profile picture, whether it's the Independence Party, if it's an Independence Party person that you believe is going to do the best job, you vote for them. If it's a United Conservative Party person that you believe is going to best or do the best job for you, you vote for them. If it's the NDP candidate, ugh, I can't do it. I can't say it. I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around the fact that any Albertan would want to vote for a political party who is in it's the same party as the federal party that wants to do all these things to us. Like how can an Albertan vote for a Jagmeet Singh and Trudeau Alliance? How can you do that? How could you vote for a party that literally believes the leap manifesto needs to be implemented in Alberta? Ah, because you're angry? Because you're angry with the Conservative Party? Ugh. I get it. You know, back in, was it 2015, people, we accidentally elected the NDP in this province. Big mistake. People were angry. They voted for the NDP out of anger because they were angry at the Conservatives. Well, what did I say about anything born out of anger? This time, you have a real choice. You can vote for real change or you can burn your vote and vote for communism. Now, to be fair, if you believe that communism is the best, what you want to see here in this country, then by all means, vote for it. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Democracy is not the fastest 
route to communism, but it is the easiest because all you have to do is convince the people that they shouldn't be free for their own safety and they'll do it to themselves democratically. And if that's what you believe, do it. Vote for whoever does the best job of winning your heart and winning your mind. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Why are people using the F word at me so much tonight? What have I done? Is it my haircut? You like my haircut? You don't like that I'm talking about solutions? What is it that you don't like? Do you miss the chicken? I don't, I don't get it. Well, um, so Betty, Betty says, who would vote NDP of rocks in your head? I actually don't agree with that. There's a lot of people in this province who vote NDP because they actually believe it's the right thing to do. They really do. So whose fault is that? Is it their fault? Or is it the other party's fault for not winning their hearts and minds? I suppose I should have made that face about the NDP. Ugh. Anyway. How can you literally... Oh, good question. I like your question, David. How can you literally think about breaking up a country just because you don't have the balls to fight the bullshit? Well, for first of all, to ask a question like this, you have to be willing to get past your own bullshit. I'm not interested in breaking up a country as much as I'm interested in standing up against the federal government with some leverage. Ideally, for me, Alberta would stand up and say, listen, the people have spoken. And if you want to go down this path to anti-human policy that says we can't farm or use energy or we have to have electric cars or we can't leave our 15-minute cities, if this is the direction the country is going to go and you're going to take our money and you're going to use it to fight us, then we're not going with you. We're going to withdraw from this relationship because it's an abusive relationship. That's called leverage. That's that's what we're looking for. We need leverage in this province. We've been trying to fight this bullshit for 50 years in this province, and it's never worked because we don't have any leverage. We go to the Supreme Court and we say, hey, Supreme Court, uh, the federal government is, uh, they're, they're doing unconstitutional stuff. And they're, uh, they're interfering with our affairs that were guaranteed sovereignty under the Constitution. And the Supreme Court says it's okay because climate change. We need the leverage. And it very may, very may well work out that the government, federal government says, yeah, okay, we're going to back off. We'll let you do your own thing. I think it's more important to make sure people can flourish and they're prosperous. And they don't delve into anti-human policy that tells them their very existence is wrong. I, I think it's more important to prevent that than it is to stay with an abusive relationship that takes you where you don't want to go. You think I don't have balls to fight? Have you not been paying attention? I don't care who. I don't care who it, it is that I have to fight. I'm not scared of fighting scared of ignorance all around me preventing us from winning that's the only thing i'm really scared of but thank you for your question <sighs> well i think that's it thank you for saying the haircut looks good i appreciate it um oh i hope my regular barber's not watching because i got my haircut somewhere else today i was in a rush I had to. David, language. You kiss your mother with that mouth? Or your sister? Jeez. People. All right. Time to say goodnight. People are dropping like flies. But it's just normal. It's because they didn't get the flu shot. Too soon? Too soon. Anyway, night, everybody. Uh, I'll be back probably tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. 
And in the meantime, I hope that I hope that I had more answers than I brought up questions. And if not, then I guess at least you have something to think about that can keep you up all night. You're welcome. Night, everybody. Night, David. Night, Michael, fake name.